Thank you for tuning back into Verbal Assault Livestream. I'm your host, Marquis Devereaux. Um, on this Tuesday, the 16th of June, we're coming to you remotely, and um, all of us are in different places, which is what remote means, and that's a good thing. We have, um, we have Mr. Nick Morganelli coming to us from Massachusetts. We have my co-host, Samuel Cachera, coming to us from Connecticut. We we're going to have someone from New Hampshire, but you know, you know, those New Hampshire people, you know, live free or die. So I guess the person decided to live free. Uh, but anyway, we have Miss uh, Cherokee Black. She is a YouTube personality. We have Mr. Kirk Adair. He is an author. He is a documentarian and he is also a professor. And we have um, Miss Mirka Encarnacion. She has the facts, she has the figure and figures, and she's taken no mess. I'm hoping that I got everybody. I feel like I'm missing a person. But anyway, I'll, and myself, okay, you guys know me. We are on Spotify, we are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts. We can be watched on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as YouTube. And the numbers are going up on Instagram. So for all of you that are checking out us, our show, our personalities, thank you. And uh, to all of those who are fans of Ms. Cherokee Black, who are new listeners and uh, observers, thank you as well. Now, today's topic is blackface next. Dem sporting kente cloth. I don't know what that sound was. <laughs> Dem sporting kente cloth. Is it a fashion or a farce? There's a YouTube video going around where um, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and various Democrats are wearing African fabric. Um, they're shown kneeling, and I believe the, the, um, the photo and or the video is taking place in Ghana. Um, they were on some type of a trip, and so the assumption is that they were trying to show respect to the African culture. I have to ask my women of color first. Um, Cherokee Black, are you offended? I wasn't. You, you, I you thought it not. was a way of. I, I, I thought it was simpatico with the, the, um, the uh, protesters and 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 the present situation. I was not offended at all. Okay. Now, um, blackface, I would be offended by. <laughs> that, okay. That would be like, okay, Al Jolson, no. Now, Nyerk Encarnacion, the um, the comments on the comments on Facebook are not kind, and um, they're almost comical. Did you find do you find uh, politicians trying to give homage um, in a way like that? Do you, as a person of color, do you find it offensive? I don't find it offensive, but they're not fooling me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they're that's not, true. They're not fooling you. Okay. They're not fooling um, me. They could do whatever they want. They could jump on one leg. I know who they are. All righty. Um, <laughs> they come in with Afro wigs. I'm going to really be too Mr. Kirk Adair, we're making light of a very serious subject. Um, 
looters have been busted wearing blackface. What? Uh, and blackface, for those of you that don't know, is when um, Caucasians, Europeans, uh, uh, people of European like descent, take coal and they cover their face to appear as if they're literally black. Kirk Adair, what, what what's your comment on that? Well, that is offensive. I mean, uh, the Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau did it on a yeah. number of occasions on Halloween. That was incredibly offensive. Yes. Um, it's it's it it goes way beyond cultural appropriation. I mean, I didn't realize that Schumer and Pelosi were in Ghana. What the hell are they doing in Ghana? You know, at this particular point, that's number one. I didn't know that in Washington, not in Ghana. Okay. I, I think that I think the video. No, Kente, I don't think that were they necessarily in Ghana because Kente Kwa Kwa comes no, well, from Ghana. Cloth, Cloth, I don't know about a trip that they made. I don't know about that. Well, Kentucky cloth is Ghanaian, yes. Yes, it is. Um, they, um, but the thing is, if you're going to wear that, then wear it appropriately um, as, it, as it's worn in Africa, not as it's worn, you know, like a costume extra. Okay, that's- So right, somebody one. handed them a piece of Kentucky cloth number before they two, went into fashion, really basically, and they put it on. If you really believe in wearing that, then don't wear it on a photo op where at every right. single day you go to the Senate right. and every single time you um, uh, put in uh, legislation on behalf of African-Americans, yes. Um, if they were trying to show it in some sort of solidarity with uh, what was going on in um, Michigan and in Wisconsin, they would have been better off to wear black that you like you wear to a funeral out of respect and you know black suits black tie because that's showing respect it's, it's, right. it's a funeral people have died but, mm -hmm. but to wear kid cloth as a photo op that's i mean i wasn't offended but it was really bad theater yeah you know, it, exactly. it's just bad that's true. but you know also they took they they also took a knee right so they wore the kente cloth and then they took a knee to have a moment. Now, taking the knee is supposed to be Colin Kaepernick's thing. That's where you take a knee to respect uh, or to show support against police brutality. That's right? after so death, is, here comes the doctor. Well, it, well, is, it also comes from uh, the military who take a knee for everyone that they have served with who's fallen. That's where Kaepernick got it. Yeah, yeah, that's where he got it. But his thing was to take a knee in support or in outrage or something against police brutality on black people. That was the reason for him, Kola Kaepernick taking the knee, right? And he tried to make that, you know, and then and, and, and it was also a boycott of the national anthem, which is an anti-slave song. It's it's about killing slaves, the national anthem. It's not yes, really but Colin Kaepernick didn't didn't say there was for the boycotting of the of the anthem because that was the whole fight beginning with the president down to everyone else was that you should not do it during the national anthem so everyone would say no i'm taking a knee because i'm protesting the brutality against black people caused by caused from police officers that's where that came from right it was I both issues it was sam, um sam it was both issues well 
it wasn't meant to be for the national anthem, but yet it did be, it did come to be that, but it was not meant to be. If you're if you're looking at it from Colin Kaepernick's standpoint, but anyway, so the Democrats took a knee, wearing kente cloth, right? But that was for the protests. Isn't that what you said, Nyarka? No, I didn't say anything. Because um, in reality, you said, you said they took a knee. They took a knee for the protest. Anyway, I don't think taking a knee for the protest is appropriate. It kind of goes around everything else. I mean, it was supposed to be for police brutality against black people, but all of a sudden they're doing it as protest. Protesting what? That's, well, this is what I want to say. That whole thing to me is confusing. I am, right. I am absolutely confused. I'm confused by the this outfit. I'm confused by taking a knee. And I'm confused by the fact that they haven't done anything. They've worked, what, 45 years, 31 years, and they haven't done anything to change for the better. Absolutely. They're confused. <laughs> okay. Nick Morganelli, you, you are uh, joining us from Massachusetts. You identify as Catholic, and you are sitting in front of the American flag, the flag of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And right now, everyone appears to be united in protesting and saying Black Lives Matter. Nick Morganelli, are you a football fan? I, I am. I like a good football game. I am a New okay. England Patriots fan, so okay. that legacy has sharply the, come to an end this year. <laughs> uh, oh, you think so? Okay, well, the Patriots oh, we lost seem our to, quarterback and, and, and uh, a bunch of other people. So <laughs> the, the, the Patriots seemed the Patriots seem to win every single year. So yeah. I think they could use a little vacation from the trophies. But I, <laughs> I, I, I will ask you, Tom Brady, who is a Trump supporter, is now supporting his black teammates. If you were to see Tom Brady kneel on the field, would you be offended? Um, I, I guess I'd want to know what he, why he's doing that and why he feels that's necessary. Um, I don't agree. I don't disagree with taking the knee and and causing uh, and you know um, doing something for a cause and advocating for. Um, you know, for black lives and, and police and against. So you wouldn't brutality. think he's disrespecting the flag. You would not think well, that. Well, this, this is the thing. It's, it's where, it's where he did it, where he, where Colin Kaepernick did it. It's that he did it on, on a field during the national anthem. Do you know that the, there's two other stanzas of the national anthem? And, and one of them says, I'm going to read this to you. Okay. One of them says, um, there, uh, no refuge could save that. Hireling, hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave and the star-spangled banner and triumph doth wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave. This song is not against slavery. I mean, uh, uh, for it's pro-slavery. It's, it's for freedom and for, uh, this was written, this was a poem by Francis Scott Key written uh, in Baltimore. If you ever go down and, uh, and to the place where it still waves there's a giant flag there or go to the um there's a wonderful display in the museum of american history in dc um 
of the flag, the original flag that flew on that day um, is there and how they reconstructed it. And the whole story about the, the, the poem and which was became our, our song and our national anthem. And yes, I guess you could say you could be against it because it promotes war or something like that because it does talk about that. But Francis Scott Key was writing this as the sun was coming up and the bombs were bursting in the air. He wrote this and, it, and it's to, to, to take a knee during that time when we're, and it's not that you're worshiping the flag, or, but it's just to have respect for the freedoms that we have, the people that have actually died so that we can do this, this, uh, this show right now. I mean, to have freedom of speech and to, to have all the freedoms we have in this country, blood was shed. And I, don't, I just don't think it's the right time to do it. I think you could do it at a different time, but during the national anthem is not the time to take a knee. No. So uh, I'd like to ask you, if I may, Nick Morganelli, what year was the national anthem written by uh, Francis Scott Key? 1812. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Was it 1812? It was written during the siege yeah. of Fort McHenry. And he wrote yeah. it on the deck of the yeah. Admiral's battleship because he was being held by the British. So he was watching it from the British side of the bombardment. It was written in 1814. Yeah. So I, I, Nick Morganelli, I heard you say the word freedom. Um, and the song was written at a time when everyone wasn't free. Is that, would that not be correct? You mean because of slavery? Perhaps. Or, I mean, free, freedom was being attacked because people, they, you know, we wanted to have a... Uh, um, a country and people said no, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't want, um, we, you know. Right, uh, it, it was being attacked by the British. Okay, I'm, I'm, go I'm gonna throw something in here right quick before I acquiesce to Sam, uh, Samuel. Um, and I see Sam Schwartz is joining us. Sam Schwartz, good to have you back. Uh, Self-identified socialist and I love the fact that you have a, a strong point of view. Um, that represents the left. Uh, but I want you all to... Oh, the war was declared in 1812. I'm sorry, I had that date wrong. 1812, that's what I thought it was. Right. Okay. Whatever's happening, it was written in the 1800s. And um, it was written apparently during a, a period where not everyone was free. So... Is, is it not safe to say that the flag doesn't represent the same thing to all people? Sam well, Schwartz, I, uh, go, go, another, go ahead, get ahead in your car. Another thing that I want to clear, um, we have to really look in history. I research history and um, the slavery history has been exaggerated to a very exaggerated point. Not what are you everybody, not everybody in this country of color was enslaved. A lot of them were, were, were conducting commerce with the people that came in. Yes, and they were free black. And not everybody came from Africa. There were already melanated people the more oh, yeah. there were for, for over two years, for, for, for over 200 years before Columbus, there were blacks in, from Africa in America. That's right. Yes. What called America at that time. Yes, and there were the Wichita, the Wichita Indians, which were really, really dark, which is now Washington. So um, we also have to keep that in mind. Not everybody was a slave. 
Okay. Um, but I, slavery, I, I, slavery was, was, was a business. And the people who were enslaved, they were property bought and sold. We have to keep that in mind. The property was bought from who? From Africa. They, they brought them here to sell as, as indentured Good slaves. Good point. So, so you mean so black Africans sold black people? Is that what you mean? I'm talking yeah. about white people bringing Africans. Of course, they did. There were tribes. There was tribalism, to be clear. And there were Africans that were um, involved. Yes. So the so That's so true. so the black That's people, the black Africans. But America that has the slaves. most abhorrent history with regards to treatment of human beings in the world. All right, all right. During but that it all, time, it all, it all came from Africa. You know, Cherokee makes a good point, and she and in Brazil, the Africans fought for four hundred years, actually, and a lot of them held their held their stood their ground in fighting okay. that. So, actually, so, the countries that have really embedded um, slavery that was really really bad, those slaves they 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 brought their own language so that the people who owned them would not understand them. So, those countries who who speak Creole were the ones who had the worst slavery. Let, let's, let's, let's come back for a second. Um, Sam Schwartz, Cherokee Black says that enslavement was the business. We've gone from the point where enslavement is a business to um, people having trouble seeing someone kneeling. Um, a different message is perceived by different people. As a socialist, when you hear that enslavement is a business, was a business, and you bring this history to present day, and, and, and I, got, I got to be very clear, I'm limiting you to a minute and I'm cutting you in, cutting in. What is your thought? It was a business. It was, it was, it was, uh, in the, and most of the country was run by slaveholders back in, up until 18, in the, uh, that was what happened during the Civil War. And now when you, uh, so, and, and racism is a division of our class. It's the majority class and it's used to divide up people. And black people are one of the divisions who happened to been persecuted from 1600 on uh, when they came here. And to take a knee is to protest against the still abuse, the current abuse by the capitalist system to, uh, and, you know, to, not to enslave, but to treat them as second class, third class citizens, which because this country has a history of racism, and you're getting a more and more division. And this is what the capitalists need to do. They, they so, divide us up. Can I, can I, I make a point? Can I make a go point? Ahead, go ahead, Chair. Action of protest. Okay brought here as property okay That's right. our culture was eliminated our languages there are many languages and cultures and religions in africa it's a continent it was west africa where the slave trade came from we have the, the people who are descendants of that this is their country because they have no connection tribally they don't mm -hmm. even know what tribes they come from they have co no connection at all to africa they're American. Except people. that they came from there as people. slaves and they know that, that their ancestors did. They don't have language, they don't have religion, they don't have their culture. 
except what they read in books and and you know somebody made up uh kwanzaa you know i mean they you know they try to <laughs> so, try to empower well kwanzaa no, doesn't serve a purpose I, so, I, I, no, it was a man -made I'm, I'm confused i'm saying i'm confused i'm like, confused me too Excuse Sam. Me. yeah i'm confused because cherokee like you acknowledge that there were black people here before before the slave trade. But we're talking about, we're talking specifically about people who were brought on boats as slaves. I understand. Have you seen the, question, the pictures the, of that? Have you seen the, the drawings of that? And how I don't, I don't discount it. I don't that? discount it. I don't okay. discount it at all. And those My people, don't, the descendants of those people by design in their communities don't get proper education funding. There are still, still things that are happening to that group of people. Look at redlining. Do you ever hear of? Ask him if you ever yes. heard of redlining. Yes, of course. They, yeah, I don't think they do. Ask Sam. Yes, I, but I hear the question. But my confusion is this: If there were black people in the country prior to the slavery times, how do you define? How do you distinguish who now, as a black person, historically, maybe we don't have historically those those Africans. Just like they killed the Native Americans, those Africans were taken into slavery. Please research that. Please research that. Well, in, in Virginia, the, the history is there and it's all written. And all of the, all of the people that came in in those ships, they, their names are there. So yeah, right. it could be researched. They make it here because they call every melanated person in this country African-American is just right. the way that Mark introduces me as Afro-Hispanic. I am a native of the Dominican Republic. My ancestors come from I that land. And my, father, and my father has been very clear in telling me that. Okay, check this out. I'm okay. Afro-Native, Dutch, and Portuguese, and Creole. So I'm just saying, what does that mean to this conversation? We're talking about slavery right now. So so let's, let's, about let's, let me clarify something. Let me clarify something. When I introduce um, Nyaka, yeah. I introduce her as an Afro-Caribbean activist. Yes, you do. Yes. Okay. So uh, the reason why I do that is because I want people to understand that she's a woman of color who, who are listening. And I also want them to know that she's a person who's... And I apologize for yelling, but I was just trying that, to... That, and, okay. and, but, I, but I also want the audience to understand that as a woman of color who comes from the Caribbean, you have a perspective here in a the United one. States that that's some right. of us don't have. That's um, right. So that's not to negate anything, that's to clarify. Right. Um, but I, I would like to ask this question is, um, you know, if we have people in the Senate wearing the kente cloth and the African fabric and kneeling in, in, in tandem with protesters globally, why is it so common to label African Americans as hooligans or, or rioters or um, try, to, try to make that type of association? Um, Nick Morganelli, you, you come from a small town you have um you and i have spoken about some of these issues before uh you live in western massachusetts i i i i think some of those communities are relatively isolated when you're hearing dif these different things what goes through your mind 
what which which topic do you want, what do you want me to talk about? You know, I it, it's very common to label African Americans as hooligans, and it's very common to associate anything that's initiated by um, people of African descent, whether it be the Black Panthers or whether it be Black Lives Matter, it's very common to try to associate that with violence. But everything that we've described thus far would suggest that the United States has an ongoing history of violence. Okay. So why should, we, why should we look at these, these, these um, people of African descent any differently now? I, I don't, I mean, I really think that in general, people are not as racist as we think they are. I don't think the general population looks at violence and says, oh, it's black people doing that. It's, it's black Americans doing that, or um, it's, it's white supremacists doing that. I think they just see, see violence and they, they wonder who, who's doing that. And I, you know, no one, no one wants violence in their community. Um, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's um, appropriate to um, attribute it to a certain group of people based on the color of their skin. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a person that I, I, I look at somebody and I, of course you see if they're, they're dark or light or whatever, but um, you know, like for instance, someone walked down the street the other day and I've never seen the person before they happen to be a black man. And, and I said to my wife, I'm like, who's that? And uh, she goes, wait, are you saying that because he's black? <laughs> because of everything going on right now. So I said, no, <laughs> I said, I just never seen that guy before. I mean, the same thing happened the other day where there was a white person. People are out walking now because they have no job to go to because nobody's, nobody's working because of the COVID thing. Um, so I'm seeing people in my neighborhood that <laughs> I've seen before. Um, so I really, I really look beyond the skin color, and I, I think that's where we need what we need to do. And I don't think violence is attached to uh, any particular group of people. I think when I think when you have groups that that do that, that that say it's it's this or it's that, they're just exacerbating the the narrative. I think whether it's on the left or the right, it doesn't matter. They're they're making it more of a racial issue by talking about the racial issue if that makes I think sense. that I think that it is a um it is it's 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 a copulation of um how people are raised and what they're taught in their foundation growing up I saw a video yesterday of a of a white woman a mature woman an older white woman who had two hammers in her hand and someone black had moved next door to her and she took the hammer and she was breaking and and hitting the hammer on the girl's car and 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 it exacerbated into a big thing the woman the girl whose car it was she called the police but her aunt who was older and and, and had lived through the civil rights movement and, and was apparently angry took the old lady and and pulled her hair and threatened her and threw her in the bushes all of that is not necessary but the that sounds like an episode from dynasty the, no but the white it did, it did. but the white woman the white woman was wrong I mean, she was attacking the girl's property. It's her next door neighbor talking about you're an animal and you're a piece of sh That's wrong. That's wrong. There are people with these preconceived notions and stereotypes in their heads and they do exist. I heard a white woman tell the police to arrest these Indian men. I, I said this last week because they she were did. dark skinned. They didn't do anything to her. And she said, but I'm a white woman in America. 
these these things happen. I heard this, and I live on the Upper West Side in Manhattan, a very a very wealthy area of Manhattan. And this white woman said that I was livid. I never heard that before. Well, I was afraid like that. I I grew up. I didn't grow up in a black in black neighborhoods. I grew up in in culturally mixed and diverse neighborhoods. I'm mixed, so I I'm just saying for people to have those kind of attitudes, and and they seem to be more prevalent with this president. Because I, I never heard anybody say that in my whole life. I'm 68 years old. Uh-oh. I, I, I see Samuel Kachera. Samuel Kachera okay. is rubbing So um, can I say something? Um, go ahead. Also, I think, I think the media has a lot to do with it. Because the, media the media wasn't there when I, when I saw this lady say she was a white woman in America. I'm piggybacking. I'm piggybacking on. Uh, I'm piggybacking behind you because the, you make a lot of sense. It has to do with your upbringing and yes, all of that I stuff do. that you mentioned. Right. However, I think a lot of humans, and I'm saying humans because I don't have a television, are affected by what they watch on television. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you why. One. When we were talking about that old man, and I was looking at my screen at the at, at the at the news, they were covering where the blood was coming from. So what I was saying about the patch on the head, that was blurted out. We don't, we cannot see what really happened. Oof. Also, also the media chooses I agree with you. one news. Can I finish? The media chooses one news they're going to show because the alternative media that I was watching in 2009, 2010, there were a lot of white young kids that were being attacked by the police and that you did not see on television. Also, um, in the other administration, the Bundy family were harassed to the point that the feds were coming in and even tasering the grandmothers. That was not televised. Okay, so a lot of this discord that is going on has to do with the television. I'm gonna give you one advice. Turn off the television because the world around me is not that racist. I don't watch a lot of television either. Okay, we're down to 20 minutes and um, I want to gear no, the conversation over to Samuel. Um, yeah. Samuel, you're- uh, you, <laughs> So I wanna, I wanna address the hooligans, I wanna address, and I want to I want to turn it political as well. So um, starting with um, we were talking about blackface earlier, and we're talking about this president. There's a lot of racism going on under this particular president. So under this particular president, um, well, we're now coming into the election year, and we've got Mr. Joe Biden, and Mr. Joe Biden. I mean, it's it's running around that you know he might be a little bit racist too, even though he yes he is. Yeah. How is one a little bit racist? Well, well, he he says some inappropriate things sometimes, but they catch it really quickly and shut him down. He also quite a um, bit. he also was a part of the um, making um, prisons uh, a, a business, um, and he also um, signed off on that bill where um, three strikes and you're in jail forever. And we all know that most people- Signed off on it, he wrote it. He wrote it and he introduced it to the Senate and defended it. No, he didn't didn't just sign off. Right. You know, this man has has been three to four decades in, in, in politics. And so I'm not hearing anything good about what he's done for black people. I don't. I haven't. I don't see anybody that's doing anything good right now. I mean, politically. Um, I don't. 
certainly Democrats don't really have the best candidate that they could have. I agree with that. Well, do you know that in 1924, the Democratic National Convention, do you know anything about that? That was the KKK marching, and it was the Democrats. Yes. Look it up. Yes. Yes, I know. I I I real I I I know a lot about. First of all, black people after slavery uh, after slavery were Republicans, and um, during the 1960s and 70s that seemed to change, and they all everybody everybody That's brings right. that up. But the, but the role we obviously know the roles have flipped. Sam Schwartz. Um, wait, wait, you, what do you mean the, the roles, roles have not flipped? What do you say? Right, right, explain, right. explain that. The, the Republicans, the Republicans are the new, uh, the, what used to be the Abraham Lincoln Republicans are not the Republicans of today. I think they're all the same personally. Okay. Uh, uh, the the, the Southern Democrats, the Dixiecrats, are they the Democrats of today? Or did, maybe we of color don't even have a party. Um, <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sam Schwartz, what, what do you, what, what's going through your mind when you're hearing all of this? Well, in order, in order to understand all this stuff, if we all, you know, you have to under see a general picture. If you look at individuals, we're all going to have different uh, disagreements. You have to understand things, how they change. They used to be a slave society. We were talking about that. All right. And there was a, also there was a slave system thousand years ago. There was the, the, uh, the, uh, what do you call the Egyptian pharaohs, the Caesars in, in Rome, that transformed, that transformed into uh, what they call uh, feudalism. That was through revolution. You can't look at individuals. You know how the system works. What, who are the dominant classes? Determine the society that what they, everybody lives in. It's transformed from that to, from, from feudalism to capitalism. That's what we're in now. A capitalist system for what, 250 years was capitalism. And that is now, you know, about profit. Before that, it was about religion and lords and vassals. And people had a distinct place in society, at least European society and a lot of other societies as well. The now the there is a there's transformation going on now. It's the beginning of another revolution. We can't see it, but it's happening. No, it, it may it's not be. Let me finish. It's, no. it's happening. It's beginning. It's a pre-pre-revolutionary period. We can't see it. It may happen when we're dead, all of us, and through this, the youngest people on it. Definitely, okay. I'm an old man. But wait, what's happening now, right, is in order, is a class society. The class, it's a, we live in a class society. But mo, the most, the biggest class is called the working class. That's where 90%, at least 90% of us are in. There's our, and the 1% that rule us, the capitalist class, have the power. What's happening now is that there are a criticisms, whatever you want to call it. Is it violent? Sometimes, yes. Is it, is it verbal? Sometimes. It's the show is, a, is assault. The, yes, there are criticisms against the society by the majority class, which is being exploited. The majority class is divided up. I actually agree with you. I actually divided agree. Up. And, the and, the, and the ruling class uh, exploits that and uses it to fight each other because they're a minority and they want to keep their power, their privileges, right. and their money. So in okay. order to do that, they have a police system. They I have know Cherokee wanted to, I want Cherokee, I know you wanted to add in. Sorry, Sam, Cherokee, okay. I know you wanted to add something in um, right I, quick. To I just wanted, oh, okay. 
I just wanted to say that in a capitalist society, everybody should have an opportunity to economically bring themselves out up. And uh, there, are, there are things in place to keep a certain segment of the population from doing that. And it goes to funding of education and different things like that. All right. That's, All right. Can I respond? Okay. Oh, uh, sure. one, second, one second, Sam. Before you respond, let me let Nick add something in right quick. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, I, I just wanted to say, um, uh, back in the 70s, there was a gentleman named Chris Gardner. Okay. If you know Chris Gardner, he's the man that the, the movie Pursuit of Happiness was written about. Um, right. And, and this is like one of my favorite movies of all time. That starred and, and Will Smith and his son, J.D. Yes, Will Smith plays Chris Gardner. And, and in the in movie, Chris Gardner is actually in it a couple of times. He's laying on the bed in the, uh, in the shelter in the distance. Um, and then he's also walking at, at the very end of the movie. He walks across the street. Um, but he, here's one of his quotes. Strong people stand up for themselves. Stronger people stand up for themselves or stand up for others. The irony is that while sleep sometimes brings nightmares, it's the reality of my waking hours that can cause me the greater fear. He's got a, a lot of wonderful quotes. He's a, he's a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur. The guy dealt with racism in, in, in the has financial- he, Has he changed market, right? anything and, in and society? Rose, excuse me, excuse me, hold on. And he rose to success despite that adversity. He showed that he could do the job and do it and do it well and they respect it. I just love that movie. It's just, to me, everybody should just watch the movie and realize that, you know what? It's just, the color, color doesn't, it's almost like, I want to say, color doesn't matter. It's, we're all human beings. We're all, we're all part of, uh, you know, we're all humans. We're all of the human race. It does, you, it, does it does, in this society matter. It does you missed what I was trying and to say. You misunderstood what I was saying. Color is just the genetic marker that indicates where we originated from. So the whole concept of racism, like COVID, is created by mankind, by man, the man, whoever, the person who were in charge at that yes. time. Yes. To justify, to justify their inhuman treatment of human beings from Africa. That's and both that Sa and both Samuel and I, Cherokee, are giving you a thumbs up um, because color is a man-made concept. It Sam is. Short, you wanted to add something else to rebut? Yeah, yeah. I just two Number one, I want to respond to Cherokee. She said, "Yes, capitalism. If 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 you, what you're saying, it should have. Well, it should have for 250 years at least. Right. Right. All right. It didn't." It's, and people have been persecuted, like black people, like uh, dark-skinned people. It's used because it's, it's, it's used because it's easy to see. That's how you do, that's what happened. Indentured servants And it's not even here. just African-Americans. They were indentured, they were white, and also yes. Native Americans were indentured. But what happened is, what happened is, the capitalists, the, the ruling class, which was the rich white men, decided we got to keep people on in the plantations on the farms on the ranches and we're in you know there how do we do that well we point a white man as overseer right and you start separating the uh, the the the, the uh, what do you call it the supervisor class from the from the from the from the working class where he came from after over time that takes on other proportions it takes on bigger proportions it becomes racism and that's what happened over we have time, racism within decided, the race. Within I'm white. I can do better in society where if you're black, because you can see that you're black or colored, you're, you're, no, I'm going to stay away from you because 
because you're, you're not going to get ahead. I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to you know, improve my life. And that's wrong. We don't see that. The way a socialist sees it, we, see, we, interp we, interpret class, okay. we interpret people as being in a class. The, that's how we interpret people. That's how you learn how things change. If you want to point to this guy, now let's, if the guy, this, this movie you saw, there are always going to be individuals One that get out people. of their class. Okay. But Damn, that's I'm a minority, a tiny your, minority. Uh, it's like winning a million dollars in the lottery. Yoko, go ahead. What happened in this country was that in 1933, the Democratic Woodrow Wilson sold the gold to the Federal Reserve banks. Ever since, this country has been bankrupt. So um, the way for us to make money, there is no money in this country. The way that money is, is created is through our energy. So all of us, no matter what color we are, we are all enslaved through the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment says there is a debt and you cannot dispute the debt. So all debtors are slaves. That's what happened. And all of this, just like, like um, Sharuki said, all of this color thing is, is man-made. We, we've, been, we've been brainwashed to this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. For a reason. To control you. And At me. At the end of the day, we're all slaves. Okay, Samuel, do you um, have a couple more questions you want to ask? Yeah, I wanted to get back to the hooligans. You had mentioned, well, you had a question earlier about hooligans, about why black people are being called hooligans. Right, right? because the, the violence that's, seems to be something learned in the history of the United States. That's so, what the, 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 um, the media, the media shows images of, of black people always doing something wrong. When they show images of people on welfare, they, they're always black people. Exactly. All, it's always black people. It's Even how this country. I see Even lots of heads movies. nodding and agreeing. Even in the movies. It's, it's a form of brainwashing. Oh. So everybody, yeah. when they, they see do. a black, I had a, when you see a black, oh my God. I'm Her, do that's how they use it. That's how oh, they use the media to divide us up. They right. use right. it. They're part of the superstructure of the capitalist system. That's it's right. the police. That's right. This is this is the ruling so, class. So bringing it back, so, who owns the media? Right. Okay. Probably. Well, the government. So bringing has it back to government. now. Bringing it back to now. Right now, there's a lot of property damage. Right yeah. now, there's a lot of people getting hurt in these riots, the riots and the protests. I, I think that there should be a, a dividing point between the riots and the protests. I think the protests are more about the actual issue, which was uh, police brutality and George Floyd's right. death. And I think that the riots, I'm not really sure what they're rioting for, but they are rioting. So, but the question is, how do we bring it together? And what's the solution? How do we stop it? When, when does it end? Question is, when does it end? I, when the when system changes. Two okay. people talking, one second. Cherokee, I didn't hear you. Go ahead, please. Okay, I was going to say the instigators are one thing. The looters are usually people who live in deprived areas, and they end up damaging their own areas because they use it as an opportunity to loot and steal and break things. A lot of them aren't really that educated because they live in those areas. You know, a lot of it has to do with culture and what you're exposed to when you're growing up too. If you're not exposed to the ballet and things like that, you don't know enough, anything about that. You know what I mean? You're, you're talking about different segments of the population. And one particular, several particular segments of that population are oppressed. So, where, I, so how do we bring this thing to an end? How do we stop the rioting and the looting? How do we make that stop now? 
We have to educate people. We have to educate the people who are in those situations that need to that need to have opportunities to come out of that. Every now and then, one person might slip out of it and become a professor. Dr. Ben Carson is one of those people. He grew up in the projects, still an ass, but he did get out of there and become a brain surgeon. So you can <laughs> have, but that's I one person. This is that that's the riots and the I, I hear you guys. are only happening in democratic states. That's what I noticed. It's only happening in democratic states. Because right. they, they cannot go to a republic state where people are locked and loaded. Um, I'm going to, I'm, we're down to five minutes. And so um, we, you know, the original topic was, is blackface next, dem sporting candy cloth, fashion or farce? Um, blackface is minstrel. That was when white people had, had all the jobs in theater and they used to um, create stereotypes to defame black people and make fun of them. It's a well, minstrel thing that goes back okay. to the early eight, eight, late 1800s and early 1900s. I would like to comes from. I would like to state something for the audience. Um, there are four people of color on, on this program today. Cherokee Black identifies as Native American, um, European American by way of Dutch lineage, as well as African lineage. I actually identify as Afro-Native. Okay, right on. But all, and, but all the other stuff is there. I mean. Okay, and then we have Samuel Kachera, my co-host, who acknowledges that he has some uh, uh, cultural heritage, and as well as being Native American and being of African descent. Um, I, I, oh, repeat that, Samuel? Turkey. Okay. Yes. Eastern European. So Turkey is European. I'm Eastern European as well. Oh, okay. So we're basically the same Turkey. Okay. And then we have Nyerkin Karnasian, who is uh, born in the Dominican Republic. I describe her as being Afro-Caribbean for our non-viewers. And, um, <laughs> but the beautiful thing is it's, it's sometimes odd for people to None hear of the word. None of it make a difference. That's the whole point. It's it sometimes odd for, well, it's sometimes no, odd no for people. It's sometimes odd for people to hear the word African or Afro. It makes them uncomfortable. And that is why I say the word because I want people to think differently. Um, I myself identify as uh, African-American, but I am of African descent. I am of Irish as well as uh, French lineage, which would be from Europe, as well as being Native American, Wampanoag, Seminole, and Cherokee. <laughs> Hello, Cherokee Black. Yes, I am Cherokee as well. So for everyone listening, race is often coming into the topic. Tomorrow's subject happens to be Egypt or Israel, the Jesus color code. I think you all are really, really going to enjoy the topics. I want to thank my, um, I want to thank my panelists, Cherokee Black, Sam Schwartz, Nick Morganelli, uh, my co-host, Mr. Samuel Kachera, Nyerk Encarnacion, uh, Mr. Kirk Adair, as well as Sam Schwartz. Well, we, this is our website. Okay. okay, socialistrevolution.org. Um, yes, if you want to know sense. about the ideas of socialism, you can read that and check it out online. Okay. Or, 
we're part of the IMT, the International Marxist Tendency. I thank you for that, my brother. And um, I'm hoping that everyone tunes into tomorrow's program. For those of you who are atheists, for those of you who are religious, um, Nick Morganelli unfortunately won't be on tomorrow's program talking about Egypt or Israel. color code. But I sure wish he was because he would be enjoying this one. Yeah, I like Nick. <laughs> I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I fit on tomorrow on tomorrow's program, so I don't, I don't know if I. Oh, that's oh, unfortunate yeah. because it's it's a it's a good one. Um, you know, I will say though that Nick is sitting in front of the American flag, and you know, I, as a person of color, I have a hard time with the American flag, but. <laughs> You know, I have a hard time with the Bible sometimes. Um, so tomorrow's topic is going to be quite interesting. Thank you all. I'm Marky Devereaux, your host, and we will see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Every day fly, fast take pictures, count more money, money.